Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the one and only assistant to the hosts. Not assistant host, but assistant to assistant the hosts. Assistant to the hosts. Yes. The super fan. The bagger. Mr. The bagger. <laughs> Clean up an aisle three. Mr. Mark Piscati. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, they can't answer you, but no, I'm, that's sure right. doing fine. I'm sure they're doing fine. I'm sure uh, there's dozens of people shouting at their car stereos as yeah. we speak. Fine, Mark. Um, but actually, uh, Mr. Mark Piscati, uh well, we have a big announcement. And yes. uh, here is we... where we put in the sound effects for that, you know, like breaking news. Oh, yeah. We actually yeah, have news. Yeah. yeah. We have breaking news. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Now I don't have yeah, to. Kind of really, yeah, kind of Yeah, Mark's is pretty good. It's not bad. That's pretty good. Mark's going to put me out of a job. No. Or what about just like some piano playing? It's like. A flight about, of a bumblebee. How about the or girl from Ipanema or some sort of like lounge oh, music? I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. We've really built this up. I hope this I is like going to be yeah. earth shattering well, news. No, this is a big deal because yeah. right now, Cinescare is producing a movie, Joe. Yes. And, and uh, our, our point man on this, the guy who's been doing a. All the legwork to make this happen is Mr. Mark Muscati. So, Mark, why don't you uh, fill in our audience on what exactly is happening and what it, how Cinescare is involved? Okay, yeah. So, uh, the Cinescare podcast is now involved with Womp Stomp Films, Never Hike Alone 2, fan, uh, a Friday the 13th fan film. Uh, it's directed by the talented uh, Vincent DeSanti. Uh, we thought together that we wanted to branch out a little, and so we invested in this upcoming film. So we are now officially associate producers of this film. And uh, what happens uh, with being associate producers? Well, that means when you watch this film, you're going to see our lovely logo designed by our one and only talented host, Mr. Joe Jans. In the opening credits, and we will also have the Cinescare Horror Podcast title at the end of the credits. And with this investment, uh, we're uh, hope, um, hoping, you know, uh, helping a, a gifted creator, Mr. Desanti, and uh, hopefully uh, get our name out there for uh, horror fans like you listeners to come check us out and listen to our podcast. And you know, if you haven't seen uh, Vincent's uh, past films, I highly recommend. Uh, it uh they're fantastic films uh we actually interviewed uh vincent on episode 14 and uh yeah but these films are called uh never hike alone and never hike alone in the snow and you can find and watch them on youtube for free so we just yeah so that's that's what we've done pretty exciting yeah, that I mean that's really exciting, and uh, thank you, Mark, for doing all the legwork on this and making this happen for us. It's uh, pretty exciting. I, Joe is already he's 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 ready to call himself a producer now. He's like he, he's got the yeah kimono. I have the uh, the smoking the jacket yeah, and the pipe and I'm lounging <laughs> poolside smoking with jacket. my yeah, I guess smoking jacket. But you don't yeah. wear a smoking jacket next to the pool. You wear a kimono next to the pool. I, think, I don't know. Right? You you've never really seen me in a kimono. It's not really. 
I would love to. Flattering. Love I'm to. sure you yeah, would. I would yeah. That would be okay. so amazing. Yeah. Would be Actually, what I... Kimono and some Crocs. What I need is a Cinescare silk kimono. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Maybe we could get that added to our Threadless store. We should. Oh, if which, we did. And this wasn't a planned segue, but I would like to bring up our se- our, our store. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure, like earlier in the podcast... We've had dozens of listeners that have been shaking their fist and yelling at the, the their telephones or their car stereos whenever we would bring up the Cinescare Horror Podcast merchandise store about ordering some of the uh, the materials we have out there. Right. We have been running into a technical issue for quite some time, making it damn near impossible for anybody to actually place an order. Well, right. I'm here to let everyone know... We have fixed that issue. This is where we put the applause in. Yay! And oh, yeah, again. Could, yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, sorry. So anyway, the merchandise store is officially up and running seamlessly, perfectly. You can place orders. As a matter of fact, one of the friends of the show, Brian, he has already placed an order and received it, sent us a picture of him in his Cinescare merchandise, and we greatly appreciate it, Brian. He's like our guinea pig, really. Yeah. 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 But we appreciate a friend of the show, Brian. Shout out to friend of the show, Brian. Brian. Actually, this this whole episode is about Brian. It's dedicated to him. Um, but you know, getting back to uh, never hike alone too. uh, But I digest. We're going to post some. Uh, we we should post links on our Facebook stuff and all of our social media about uh, his previous movies, which were Never Hike Alone. Of course, was his first Friday the Thirteenth fan film, and it's fantastic. It's I I first heard about it from fans of Friday the Thirteenth who who just love it and share it and everything. And I'm I'm sure if you're big fans of Friday the Thirteenth, you've seen it. And and then. What was it? Never hike Never alone, hike in, alone the in the snow. In the snow, yeah. And that one was another even better, even yeah, better. Yeah, it, it was better with snow. Yeah, it, I liked it. I liked I it loved a lot. it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, and and that's saying because I really liked part one as well. And then now he's doing a sequel, Never Hike Alone Two. He's the only person, as far as I know, who's who has played. I mean, both Jason and Michael. So he he played Michael in a in a in a fan film as well. So this is Never Hike Alone Two: The Hikening. <laughs> Still hiking. Yeah. yeah. So, Cinescare uh, is very happy to be now producing movies. Uh, so, uh, very exciting. We were too constricted in just one medium. Yeah. You know, we this, wanted to bring podcast out. thing. We were you know it was like a big bird in a little cage. We had to spread yeah. our wings. So yeah, but inevitability. I, I think I'd like us to branch out in some other ways too. We'll, we'll, we, um, you know, I, I have some ideas we've talked about maybe getting, doing a little bit more like articles and things like that. And maybe getting people who are writers to, to join us and, and do write articles, reviews and, and, and that sort of thing for our website. There's of course, is my burgeoning, um, kimono modeling. Uh, well, that too. Yeah. Route that I'd like to get thing. into. Yeah. I, to actually, I could see you, with your own OnlyFans, Joe, and you modeling kimonos. <laughs> yeah, with some uh, white socks with sandals. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Little eating, wooden sandals. Like, eating barbecue or whatever in yeah. your kimono. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. All of well, this could be yours. <laughs> <laughs> for $15 a month. Yep. <laughs> Joe J. is in a kimono. I think for me, though, it'd be only fan, just singular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're a handsome guy, Joe. Joe, you Thank are. You. Thank you. Devilishly handsome. Uh, well, hey there, good looking. You, <laughs> let's get uh, talking about. What we watched, I, I'll start us off this week, what we watched, um, because I really didn't watch much. It was a very busy week, and so I didn't, or two weeks, uh, so I didn't really get a chance to watch a, too much, but I did check out, um, well, not much. <laughs> I did see Titanic 666, oh. based on Joe's recommendation. Oh, Joe. Yeah, we can all yeah, talk about this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I, we can. That I well, I'll save that for you because you, I think you could probably give a better description than me. But it was, it was, uh, that was brutal. And it's on, and it's a, and it's a Tubi original. <laughs> it's a Tubi original. That's the best <laughs> I love part. Tubi. Tubi is is like the little train they, that could. They yeah. threw like hundreds of dollars into this production. Oh, Good for them. Easily. <laughs> they spared lots of expense. Um, oh man! But uh, so I'll <laughs> save that to you. But it, I will say, whew, that was something else. Uh, it's not horror, but the director is a horror director. So I'll just mention I saw The Northman, and and I really did love it. Loved uh, it too. I it's obviously a step away from horror for Eggers. His first two movies uh, were horror, um, and this one isn't. It's more like, uh, I guess. You know, I don't know Vikings what class Vikings. Or... It's a Viking movie, uh, but he, he's he's one of my favorite directors out there right now, and I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. He doesn't miss. He does not miss. And but I did watch uh, his first uh, short film that he did in college. It was, I believe, in film school. It was a, a film school's um, uh, film, and it was. Hansel and Gretel, which it is ob- very obviously a a student film. It looks like a student film. It plays like a student film, you know. But it is uh, a pretty good. It it doesn't really let you see the talent that's there, but it's interesting uh, to see. It's only about twenty five, twenty six minutes long, I think, and it. Is is silent film in black and white as well, so it doesn't look great on. I don't think the what. However, they uploaded it onto YouTube. It it looks a bit grainy and not in a way that, you know, it it, it not in the way that you would expect a a short or a silent film from the twenties to look grainy. I mean, it looks grainy in a digital way. Like the copy they had that they uploaded wasn't a great copy. Uh, and from what I've heard in an interview, he's he's very embarrassed that it's out there right now because it was just a student film. But it's interesting to see what, you know, even even the great directors of the day, they start out somewhere. They don't all have like Spielbergian, you know, talent uh, out the gate. They, they you have to learn somewhere. So it was interesting. And, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's only 26 minutes long. So you might want to check that out. He's got another short that he did that is supposed to be released. He said he is going to release that one, but it hasn't been released yet. So, What's the name uh, of that one? Do you know? I, I don't remember what, mm. what the name of it was. Um, it might have been a short of Nosferatu, but I, I don't recall now. Cool. Uh, 
And that's, oh, the, the only other thing I want to talk about is a new TV show, horror TV show that's on HBO Max called The Baby that just came out, was just released this weekend. And it's pretty interesting. It's about, I believe it's going to be a, like a devil baby. The show starts out with this woman running from the police and, and it's set in England and it's, uh, she's running from the police and she comes upon like a, like a, a, a cliff over a, like a beach and, and the ocean over someplace in England and the police chase her there and she winds up falling off the cliff and the baby, she had put the baby down and the baby starts crawling over to the edge of the cliff and falls off the cliff too. Uh, cut to another character who's actually staying in a cabin at the, at the bottom of that cliff. She just happens to come outside and sees the woman crap fall down and, and crash right in front of her. And then she looks up and sees the baby coming down and catches it. And this baby sort of attaches itself to her and it, it, it starts doing things. It, it makes things happen to people. And, um, so it, it, the first episode, each episode, it looks like it's only like 30 minutes long, so it's very easy. Uh, but it's sort of horror comedy. Um, I think kind of a more, more of a dark horror, dark comedy, I guess, but, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. So it might be worth seeing. Of course, there's only one episode out, so I, I really can't say too much more about it, but, um, but it, I think it's definitely worth, uh, giving a, giving it a shot. So, uh, Joe, what did you watch that was non-theme related? Oh, I had a couple gems on my list this week. Um, first one would have been Choose or Die, which is new to Netflix with uh, Asa Butterfield. Did either of you guys watch this? No, no you, you, I was going to watch it because it was in the top 10 for uh, uh, Netflix and you saw it before me and... Obviously, um, I dodged a bullet. What was yeah. it called again? Uh, Choose or Die. Choose or Die. Choose or Die, yeah. Yeah, this uh, Asa Butterfield is a like self-taught computer programmer, but he's very nostalgic, and he likes finding and rooting through old video games from back in the computer basic era. And he finds this game called Cursor that he starts playing, um, there's a, he's not actually the lead character. There's a girl that's the lead in there who I got to say was really, really uninteresting. And I kept wondering the whole movie, why does Asa Butterfield taking a backseat to this girl? But the game that's being played called Cursor, it basically starts, gives you a curse. I mean, you're, and you have to, as the movie states, choose or die. Like, do you, uh, the girl is in a restaurant. There's a waitress uh, waiting on her and her choices are, you know, do you want to have a cup of coffee or have a piece of cake? And, you know, she has to make a decision and this decision impacts reality. And then it's, you know, should I break glasses or should I clean up? And the waitress, you know, she said breaks glasses and the waitress is just dropping glasses in the restaurant nonstop. And then she decides to choose to clean it up. And the waitress bends down and starts picking up the shards of broken glass and putting them in her mouth to clean them up. And it's things like that. But as somebody that grew up with these, you know, 
old school basic computer programming things. The a lot of the things they're trying to base this old technology on are just not true. Uh, I realize this is just a fantasy horror film, but it, I got really bored. It was basically what I didn't care for the most was the lead character, the girl in this. She's just not likable, and I lost interest. I was hoping that those 80s nostalgia, old school, single color, 8-bit video games would have helped my interest, but it fell short. That's just my opinion. Uh, but it is a new release on Netflix, and again, that's called Choose or Die. Uh, the next one... Did either of you guys watch Virus 32? No. No. Okay. Uh, newly released film, and this one, I believe, was on it's either Netflix or Shudder. I can't remember which. Um, I believe Shudder, you yeah, said. Yeah, I think it's on Shudder. Okay, yeah. Virus 32 on Shudder. Good film. I like this one. Uh, there is some sort of virus, and again, this is like every zombie trope. There's you know, some sort of breakout, and they don't give you any sort of real explanation as to what had happened. But there's a woman that had, uh, she's a mother, she works as a security guard in like what I would consider to be like an old YMCA. So she's sort of locked herself into this place, and she brings her daughter to work for some odd reason. And meanwhile, outside, all around her, there is this breakout of some sort of zombie type virus. However, it is not turning people into zombies. It is making them commit horrible, horrible fits of rage and murder and whatever. So, uh, like a, like an angry virus after observing these infected people and what they're doing, she realizes that the minute they, let's say commit a murder or, pummel somebody into an oblivion they all seem to wait for 32 seconds afterwards to sort of recharge their batteries before they can even move it's like the act that they're going through sort of exhausts them and they all coincidentally take 32 seconds before they can get up and do it again and so that information of course she uses that when these creatures start coming in to try to get her and her daughter, and she uses that to help us escape. I can't really tell you any more than that, but I do recommend this film. Uh, it was a nice, refreshing new take on the whole zombie industry, which has been played to death. So it held my interest. It was very entertaining, and I, I recommend it. So again, that's Virus 32 on Shutter. Yeah. What else? Uh, now the other two. Mark can at least chime in. So, uh, Mark and I watched Veronica. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get my notes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, get I, my notes. I will say that I started watching Veronica, that, and I just, I turned yeah. it off. I, I oh, couldn't. Shame I, on you, Matt. It, this is, of course, well, go ahead, Mark. So, for, or whoever is going to explain it. I'll, I'll start off, and I'll hand it off yeah. to Mark. So, for those of you who don't know, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Glenn Danzig, who at one time used to be the lead singer of a punk band called The Misfits in the early 80s, which I was a fan of. He then, later on, because of his ego, decided to move on and form his own band called Danzig. Now, uh, he has set his sights on movies and created this movie back in 2019 called Verotica, which is a combination of erotica and violence. 
That's how he came up with the name. He's a true visionary. That's all I got to say. He's, he's you know, of the, t- of, the, of the two words melded together, violence got the short end of the stick on that because really the whole, the word is really erotica with a V at the, t- at the right, beginning. Right, so right, right. It wasn't really a good combination. Hey, don't, nobody puts Danzig in a corner. So just right, let them have yeah. it. <laughs> um, so this movie is uh, like a little anthology of like three little vignette stories and it's like creep show. All, yeah, exactly. Or uh, trick or treat, that type of thing. Yeah. So and of course it's all wrapped up in a big narrated story. Which okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Comparing this to trick or treat <laughs> or, or, or creep, creep show, show yeah. or creep show is a bit of a stretch. Well, wait, it, it, it now, kinda, it's an anthology. It, yes, it, it is it, an anthology. It is. Film. There's no other way you can describe it. Yeah, yeah. but it's it, not like those others. <laughs> you, you have, I mean, you have like a, a, a narrator, uh, this this uh, woman that uh, pops up before each show. Yeah, or uh, each short. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful film. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, or what was the Tales from the Dark Side? There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. What a great comparison. Yeah, those are, those are all anthologies. <laughs> then there's Veronica. So what separates Veronica apart from all the other anthologies, it's only one thing. All right, two oh, things. I, I don't and know that, that it's one or two things. So one thing that comes to mind is all of the actors, <laughs> this is not their day job. Their real day job is they're all porn stars. But for this film, they're actors. And boy, can they act. <laughs> oh boy! And then, of course, the second thing that separates this from all other anthologies is the complete lack of a script. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Or uh, editing, or, or direction, special effects, lighting, or costuming. The talent. It's the only movie I've ever seen that made nudity seem boring. Yes. Yeah. The well, I mean, let's 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 talk about the first one real I, quick. I would get uh, less bored watching porn than I did watching Veronica. Matt, you you said you only watched ten minutes, but the first short is called the uh, the spider, I believe. Is, wonderful is that what it was costume. called? Yeah, wonderful. Co- or, yeah, or was it? Yeah, it was a great yeah. costume. It, it, he looked. It, it was like a white version of uh, Gore uh, or Goro from uh, Mortal Kombat, kind of yeah. <laughs> with the arms. He looked but, like you know. Have you ever made like? Have you ever breaded chicken or fish? And at oh, the, and you after put it you, in the, the egg and then in the in flour? The, and, and then in the flour yes. and everything. And, and when you're done doing that about 50 times, what's left in the pan that you're not going to bread anymore, that's what that costume looked like. Matt, did, did he get to the, to the, uh, the cafe, uh, cafe uh, scene or the coffee house scene? No, no. Okay, so, so she I got into in. the next scene and then I said, this is, I, I don't have time for this. What, well, the, the main character in the first uh, uh, film or short, uh, she she goes into this cafe or coffee house and she sits down and a waiter comes in with a pot of coffee and says, Madame, uh, we're about to close. Would you like a refill? She hasn't even ordered a coffee. OK, she hasn't even ordered a coffee. Then she gets up and leaves, but not before she pays for the coffee that she didn't even order. That's the lack of script that's and just the lack of, of awareness is going on in this film. I would also like to point out that Mark's French accent you just heard is a thousand times more authentic than any of the actors in the movie. <laughs> well, the, the main character in the short, she has no emotion in her face because she can't move. 
her her she has no facial expressions because it's all plastic in her face. It's plastic surgery. And and with her saying, No she says it like twice and it's some of the worst no's, screaming no's I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Then there's a scene um, we're, it's like the next Are you scene. Talking, she, is she the actress with the big puffy face? Yes. The, the pink hair. Yeah, the pink yeah. hair. Yeah, with, the pink hair. Yeah. With the breasts, with nipples as eyes. Eye, eyeballs. Oh, for yeah, that yeah, are pasties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that are eyes. pasties. That blink. Uh, <laughs> that blink. And then, oh. and then she goes, the next thing she goes home, she picks up the phone and she doesn't dial or anything. She just puts it to her ear. And obviously she's calling the cops. She's going, uh, come to my house. Then hangs up. The cops don't know where she lives. She didn't get the address or anything. So it's like, how the hell? Do, how the hell are the cops even going to find a place? The, the lack. I I don't know why this guy dancing. I'd never heard any of the, this guy's songs, but this guy. It, he I'll, must, I'll put he, some in underneath your talking. Yeah, do it, do it. And then the uh, the second one is called the change of face. And it's basically uh, 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 Mike Barnes, uh, who plays the sergeant, the bald, uh, the bald-headed guy. That's Mike Barnes from the Karate Kid Part Three. Hell yes! So I was excited about that. But that was some of the worst acting I've ever seen. He was from he was on Bold and Beautiful and uh, uh, General Hospital. I his acting is horrendous in this. And, um, and then the, Gee, the, if he was in Karate Kid Part 3, Bold and the Beautiful, and General Hospital, how could he be a bad actor? Oh, he was great as Mike Barnes. He, he was a good villain. And he's going to be in the next Cobra Kai. I, I know he will. Um, uh, season. And then uh, the third one, sorry to take over this one, but the third one is called like Drunk Jaw or something. And it's basically a countess who kills girls and bathes in their blood. Then she kills another girl and then bathes in their blood and then there's a little nudity but then she kills a girl and then bathes in her blood and then she kills a girl and then bathes in her blood and it's like goes on for like a half hour and then it just ends it is the, the third one's the worst the first one is the best one out of all of them in my opinion and they got five minute montage in the second uh short of just stripping there's like two five minute like montage i mean this movie is got to be one of the worst horror films ever made. I wouldn't say that. I would say this is one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> I wouldn't pinpoint so, just the horror genre. This yeah, is just terrible. It's so bad. I'm so glad I didn't go on to watch it. And this. I really hope Wait, you're that a quitter. all of our listeners find this movie and watch it. And, you and write should, us. though. It's just... You should watch Bring, it. Do not. Yeah, yes. No, you should. It's so funny. It's, it's so unbelievable. It doesn't. Terrible. It isn't even funny. It's just so sad. Awful. Like the like, entire cast is dead inside. I mean, this yeah. makes this makes Drive-In Massacre seem like Academy the Award winning. Yeah, yeah, it's like The Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. 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 It's horrible. Uh, so thanks, Joe. So oh, and God. then and then of course Titanic six. We, we we move on to our next <laughs> film that I watched. What, what, what kind of mood were you in this week, Joe? Because I, I, I the, the the horrible movies were I coming really, out of your butt. I I don't make them. I just watch them. So oh. I'm always. Why was I following Joe all to, all these two weeks? Going all right. Looks like I'm watching what Joe's watching. I am just always on the lookout for any new horror films in 2022. So that way I'm prepared. At the end of the year, when we do our year-end wrap-up, what, what what made you think 
<laughs> when you saw the title, Titanic 666, that this was going to be a good film. Well, I figured if Tubi can make their own content, <laughs> I, the least I can do is watch it. Oh, I love Tubi. Oh, I thought you were going to say, well, I figure if Tubi did it, it's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's be if great. it's on Tubi, it must be a classic. Yeah, must be classic. <laughs> so to, oh, to summarize Jesus. Titanic 666. And, and you could do this literally in two sentences. Yeah, so... I got notes. I, oh God! I don't, no, no, we can't. I don't think we we're gonna waste time, waste time notes. on notes. But anyway, the the main point of this is they've built the Titanic three, and they're trying to get all these people to take a a ride. They're gonna ride through dry or float through the old route of the original Titanic, and of course when they go over where the old Titanic had uh, crashed into an iceberg. Sorry, spoilers. Um, then the ship starts to get haunted by ghosts and, you know, chaos ensues. So it's already, we've already spent way too much time on it. Um, but why, but why was it called Titanic three? Because, because there was, another, there was another movie called Titanic two that I watched that Mark watched, I watched, but it's not a horror film. It's um, not a horror film. Yeah. So that's, that's your trilogy, your Titanic one, two and six, six, six. Yeah, so they decided to just make the third one into a horror movie. They're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just make it a horror yeah, movie. And I don't know they why call they call it Titanic Three. And I can. Why, I don't know why they thought that Titanic Two was going to be something anybody would want to watch. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce Davidson's in it. And just so you're aware, you oh, do not God have sake. to have seen Titanic One for Titanic Six 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 to make any sense. You'll figure it out. Really, you don't listeners. have to have seen the the beginning of Titanic six 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 to watch the end of Titanic six six six. No, no. So, thank oh, you, Tubi, geez. for for putting out some original content for your. Yeah, you know what? I am proud of. I them. got my money's worth from you know how much Tubi costs. Yeah, you get what you pay turn for. Those, I can't believe you took notes on that freaking movie, <laughs> Joe. I did, Mark. 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 I. Oh my God. Um, I did. Anybody see a good movie this week, please? I did. Virus 32. Okay, yeah. yeah. Virus 32. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else? Not not for me. I'm all done. But Mark, we haven't hit Mark yet. I watched everything Joe basically watched (laughs) except those two films. But I did watch uh, 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 one. uh, I watched Maniac uh, from 1980. And, oh. uh, yeah, um, cause I, I had always seen, uh, this movie in the horror aisles since I was a kid and, you know, uh, the cover art was spectacular. The cover was uh, super simple, just of, um, uh, a man's leg and jeans holding a big knife in one hand. And on the other hand, it was holding, um, basically, uh, a head. A head. Yeah. It, it was a head, a woman's head. And, uh, but all you saw was the hair, uh, and then it was a pool of blood on the floor and it was a drawn picture and it was, I, it, it was just spectacular. And, and a lot of the seventies and eighties, uh, cover art for horror was like painted, like drawn and they're just gorgeous covers. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I always saw it and, and I saw it on wonderful Tubi and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a gamble on it. And uh, so it's about uh, a guy named Frank Zito, who is uh, absolute head case. He, you know, he hears voices in his head and uh, uh, he sees uh, horrific visions. And in his apartment, he has uh, 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 female mannequins that are bald. 
And uh, every night he basically goes out and mostly kills women and scalps them and brings them back to his apartment and hammers uh, nails in the scalp and into the mannequin's head. That's basically what the film is about. It's uh, uh, the actor who played uh, this Frank Zito guy is called Joe Sp- uh, Spellini. And uh, he, I, I, I recognized him. I was like, where, where have I seen him before? So I, uh, I, I looked it up, and he was in The Godfather. Uh, uh, he, he had a, a small speaking role in it, and uh, he's been in some other uh, films. But he's um, in Godfather Part Two as well. Oh, he played. Um, yeah, I can't. I, go, go ahead. I can't remember who he played in The Godfather now, though. Yeah, I, I think he was uh, uh, like a. Uh, uh, a thug or something. I, I, I forgot. Uh, but uh, I think it, he was. I think he played Salazzo. Salazzo. Yeah. I don't remember that. Um, but uh, in, anyways, uh, there's there's some really decent shots in uh, in this film, especially uh, with this uh, one model in her apartment where she's drawing a bath. She's walking down the hallway. Uh, some of the camera angles are really good and good shots. And uh, uh, the director is uh, William Lusting, and uh, he also directed uh, *Maniac Cop*, I believe. I'm not positive or not sure on that, but I do believe he directed *Maniac Cop*. That I haven't seen either. Uh, but it, there was some talent in it, and uh, the acting wasn't too bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the end. It, it, Oh, Tom Savini uh, is in this film, and he also did all the kills uh, for this. And some are really great. At, actually, Tom Savini was in the film. Uh, he plays uh, uh, the boyfriend with his girlfriend, and they're trying to get it on in the car. And uh, the maniac guy uh, basically has a shotgun and jumps up on the hood and fires a shotgun right through uh, the windshield and blows up Tom Savini's head. And it's an incredible shot. I mean, we're talking fantastic explosion. Like, Tom Savini was, like, on point. And he's like, hey, if I'm going to kill, you know, get killed in this movie, it's going to be the best. And it was the best in that film. But it's not a bad film. Um, I, I, I would recommend it if you uh, want to get a little nostalgic with the 80s. Oh, he does. Yeah, he doesn't play. Um, yeah, he, play, he plays Willie uh Chichi in uh, The Godfather. He's mostly in The Godfather Part Two, but he plays he plays the guy who uh, he kills one of the five families bosses. The the, the guy uh, in The Godfather in the original The Godfather uh, during the during the baptism scene. You oh. know when when the guy is going through the circular door, he yes. blocks it and shoots him. That's yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Good, 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 Matt. Nice. And then he's in part two as, as like, Michael's bodyguard or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Spallini, he's got such a character's face. Uh, it's very striking. It, I mean, it's not the most attractive guy, but he's got a character's face where it's... He passed away, I believe, in 1989, and kind of mysteriously, actually. Yeah, it's um, Joe Spinell. Spinell. Uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, Maniac, if you want to get a little nostalgia, and if you like 80s uh, horror films, definitely uh, give it a give it a look. Yeah, that's one that's been on my list. I got it. Thank you for bringing it up, because I want to see that one, for sure. It's interesting. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not too bad. And that's, that, that's, that's all I've seen. I, I was all on right. the Joe train. Boop, boop. Well, <laughs> this week... We have our our main theme is one that was brought up because 
uh, Mark, our assistant to the hosts, he he put us through the torture of having to watch the Lost Boys trilogy. Not so much the first one, but the second two caused uh, Joe and I so much pain that we said, you know what, the, all of these all of these quarries that we've had to sit through the last couple of weeks, we are going to punish you. So we allowed we his buddy, yeah, yeah, his buddy, <laughs> in a corner. friend of the show, Brian. Brian. What's Brian's last name? Oh, I I can't even pronounce it. Uh, Nabagowski, Nakasti. I don't know, man. It's it's like it's like <laughs> it's your buddy. I know, but it's like thirty eight. Like sounds, uh, letters. Sounds like a good name. Irish Catholic name. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lebowski! Oh God, Brian Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah, Lebowski. Brian Lebowski. Yeah, he really, <laughs> all right. well, he really ties the room together. He's a good buddy of mine. He's a good buddy of mine. We well, we, we used to be gaming all the time. Years, if you years if ago. you look on the Cinescare group, you will see that he posted a picture of him wearing one of our Cinescare T-shirts. Uh, property of Sinister, I believe, is the one that he bought. And uh, so anyway, it was his choice. We gave him the choice instead of Mark. And he said he wanted us to do the films of Mr. Rob Zombie. And Joe, I don't know, maybe you could do some little Rob Zombie music or something in here, you know. Dun, dun. No, I'm, I'm still thinking. So... Yeah, Rob Zombie. <laughs> that is our thing, isn't it? So let, let's just start off. Thanks, uh, do we want to do it in chronological order or do the trilogy first and then do 31 and Lords of Salem after that? Just do um, the trilogy first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first, of course, of, the, of what they're calling, I guess people call it the Firefly trilogy because it's the name of the family, is House of 1000 Corpses, which came out in... 2003. I, 2003. Wow. I, for some reason, I always think of this as like a 90s movie, but no, yeah, it was 2003. So 2003, uh, and it stars. It actually quite a quite a cast, right? Uh, cast of thousands. <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick is in it. It's got uh, the guy from The Office. What's yeah. his name? Rain Wilson. Rain yeah. Wilson. Sid Haig is in it, of course. You know, one of the things I like about Rob Zombie is that he he really doesn't he doesn't care. Like he's kind of like the the honey badger of of filmmakers. He he really he's going to do whatever he wants to do, and and no matter what people say, if people complain about all the hillbillies, he he packs it even more with hillbillies. If they complain complains about you know his wife being in the movie, he like casts her even more in yep, movies. I'll show you a show. Every and, single yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know a lot of people give him a lot of hell about casting his wife. It's and funny that I you mentioned say, those two complaints because both of those are mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, but she's really hot, Joe. She's really hot. I, <laughs> I really don't know. That you don't think so? I mean, she was, I thought she was a very attractive, but I, I, it's not like I thought, well, she's so hot. She has to be cast all the time, but he well, put his wife, you know, it's his choice. He puts his wife in. That's what he decides to do. She's playing Lily Munster. And, uh, but I will say I liked her in Lords of Salem. I think she's, she's better when she doesn't have to be so broad. Uh, but in House of a Thousand Corpses and the, this trilogy, she definitely has to be 
broad and 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 big. Uh, but I I don't know. I guess I'll. Does anybody have a rundown of House of a Thousand Corpses they want to do, or I can just summarize? Well, well, it, I mean, it's, it starts off. Uh, basically, Rob Zombie must have watched uh, *Dust Till Dawn* and uh, said, "Hey, I want to do something like that." Seems like he's a fan of Tarantino. I mean, I guess who isn't? But there's a Tarantino uh, robbery scene uh, where uh, two hillbillies come into uh, Captain Spaulding's gas station um, and fried chicken uh, place and uh, holds up the place and. There's a lot of, you know, f bombs. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. And you know, flicking off. And and uh, yeah. And so uh, him and uh, one of his uh, uh, associates uh, blow their brains out. And then the movie starts. And then uh, it starts with uh, uh, these two couples driving in the backwoods of Texas. Um, they. Uh, they're writing a journal, I believe, or a book uh, about uh, off-road uh, side attractions. Yeah, we- we- weird little um, like highway side show attractions. Right. Or, yeah. Right, and so they pull into uh, Captain Spaulding's uh, gas station, and I believe it's set in the seventies, right? Yes. Yes, it, it is. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. in the seventies. So they they pull in, and uh, they're. Uh, looking around the shop, it's got a lot of horror mem- uh, memorabilia. Uh, then they have this like a little uh, uh, coaster ride, not not like a roller coaster, but um, this little like coaster on tracks where you can go into this uh, like little ride, and it basically it, it, they it's like a, a haunted house. And they're going through there, and they find out about uh, what what was his name, Doctor Satan. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Dr. Satan. So uh, Captain Spaulding, who's a clown, he's got, like, clown uh, makeup on, sends them on their way to find uh, a tree where he's buried or something. And then they uh, run into a hitchhiker, Sherry Moon Zombie, who's called Baby. And uh, the tires uh, shot out. And so they're basically, they end up at uh, Baby's house. And it's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, house where you know dolls are like on the house, like nailed to the wall, and then chaos just ensues, and uh, they're tortured. Once turned into a half uh, like mermaid man, uh, the office guy, and then once like uh, sculpt. Uh, but yeah, just chaos ensues. And basically, the, the, like I, I enjoyed the first half of this. It's the second half I had a problem with because it just goes off the rails. It's kind of like an Alice in Wonderland, uh, like fairy tale that just goes absolutely wrong. Like if you took acid. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Speaking of the house, it's ahead, the Jeff. same house they used in Best Little Horror House in Texas with Dolly Parton. Oh, oh, yeah, really? I didn't know that. Nice. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what did you think of House of a Thousand? I'm glad Mark brought up um, the Quentin Tarantino from Dust Till Dawn and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because this movie, if you have not seen it, this is what I would envision if I found a fourth grade boy and told him to watch those two movies and gave him a whole mess of cocaine and said, now write a new movie, and don't forget to add in every swear word that you know, this is what you would have gotten. And yeah. I, I'm i not a fan of it. Um, I, I think it was a 
poor first showing for his for, first movie. And it really just seems like direct ripoffs of um, From Dust Till Dawn and, more importantly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a couple scenes where he was trying to push the envelope and get a little bit hillbilly creepy. Um, I think that whole scene where she's uh, dressed up like a doll and doing the Betty Boop song, you know, when she's performing oh, yeah. for the... the the four teenagers. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was creepy. I just, a lot of it's really hitting you over the head. It's really basic, really in your face. There's no tension. There's no suspense. Um, I expected more out of the uh, mood music or score uh, from somebody like Rob Zombie, at least in this first film. But you know, it was, it is what it is. It's one of those things I've seen it, you know, Okay, now we're moving on. Yeah, I actually saw that movie in the movie theater with my brother. And I remember walking out of it going, I think I liked it. It was really different, but I still, I was kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? I, so, I mean, it, it, I, I didn't mind it. It's, no, it's, it's, it's its own thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad film. I just, I, I kind of appreciated Rob Zombie just actually directing a film and it didn't, it wasn't shit like Veronica. I mean, it was actually, it did have a storyline. And I did notice uh, back in 2003, I was going, he's got some talent. He just needs a little direction. Yeah, I think he's he's got visual talent. Like a, yeah. as a filmmaker, you know, and, and he's definitely influenced by 70s films. He's definitely like Last House on the Left as well. And The Hills Have Eyes. He's definitely into those kinds of films where, the violence and brutality is just in your face, but he does. Yeah. I, I agree that, that uh, he doesn't always know how to set up suspense very well. And it's yeah. almost like just somebody doing something brutal is all there is to it. And his, and his scripts are just, the dialogue is just not great. And, you know, the, I, I did, I liked this movie and then, it, you know, cause I've watched it a few times and every time I get kind of caught up in it, like, Oh, it's not as bad as I thought, but then it just loses something uh, about at maybe the almost some someplace after the halfway mark. And once they get into the house and everything, it should be more interesting then. And it kind of dies a little bit there um, after the dinner scene the you know, I and the whole. uh the whole dance number and where they're in the little mini theater and all that, it, it should have set up more tension there. It, it should have been more, you know, the, the stakes should have been driven up. Uh, but, and then it, I don't think we get into this as much in, I think we needed to like the killers a little more and dislike the kids more or vice versa one or the other you know but it was like there was nobody particularly likable but that's sort of a common thread thread in all of his movies very there aren't really very many characters that are all that likable or people you really you know to me anyway i i know he's very popular um among certain a lot of people online they they you know he does definitely has a following but i i just don't see like how they're like that all that likable i think the Dialogue is my first issue with it. The the script mm-hmm. itself, uh, well, not even the script. Yeah. The script is what it is, but it's the dialogue. It's the delivery of the lines mm-hmm. by 
the the hillbilly family for uh, the firefly thing. Oh, by the way, I did I do appreciate one thing. The reason they're called Firefly is because uh, the characters are named after Rufus T. Firefly, and all of the characters throughout this story are named after Groucho Marx character names. So if you go through, oh. I, I was a big fan of some old uh, Groucho Marx films or Marx Brothers films, and I started recognizing some of these names. And um, then they they even mention it in, I think, the second film. Yeah. And Yeah, I think Devil's Reject yeah. we talk about so, it. Uh, so I, I've always liked the Rufus T. Firefly name, and so that, that I did appreciate. But whenever mm. the the killers are talking whatever they just said is hilarious to them and every single time they're done with a sentence they're giggling or laughing like like they just heard the world's funniest joke and it just starts yeah. to get so laborious listening to it over and over again yeah there's just there's no it's supposed to be comedy but there's no wit there's it's not no funny. wit yeah. No, yeah, it's just not, not, there's not a lot that, you know, unless you just really find, you know, somebody just cursing funny. Um, but I, I, you know, it's just, that's all his lines are is just the, you know, F bombs here and there, but there's gotta be more to the line than that. I, I mean, you know, Goodfellas is full of F bombs too, but there's also something else in those lines that, and, and in the dialogue that is, that is, you know, it's more substantial than just F bombs. Um, but his is just, you know, and, and, and then when they tell a story, you know, about somebody fucking a chicken or something like that, like it just, it, it just, it's not, it doesn't come off funny unless you just find that funny to hear somebody say something like that, you know, and that's all it's it, like. Yeah, it's 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 like Rob Zombie's trying to write like Tarantino, and he doesn't have the writing skills to do it. And but he thinks that this is what would be funny or like weird dialogue that is like his niche. I think. I think he. Yeah, I think I he. I think he really thinks or wants to be like a, has a Tarantino niche to it. Mm-hmm. I. I but, just want to get a quick disclaimer in there, just before Brian jerks the wheel of the car that he's driving into a bridge. Um, I want to let him know that I, there are movies out of these five that I did enjoy. So I I don't don't want him to think like, Oh my God, the hate of the movies. (laughs) We're getting to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. I do actually like this movie and it's probably my second favorite of, of his. I think it's no Titanic six, 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 but yeah, it's okay. It's not a to be original. Um, well, I you know I should thank you, Joe, because Veronica and and Titanic six 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 actually made me feel like, oh, maybe Rob Zombie's not that bad. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish I'd seen them before I watched this. Right. Um, but like, but like, I think my biggest issue with the House of Thousand Corpses because I I actually like the film, especially the first half. I think my biggest problem was Shira Moon Zombies when she's just laughing that high pitch heckle. Yeah. <laughs> It's constant, and I'm just like, shut up, please shut up. That's why you know I really liked her in Lords of Salem, and I wish that she, I wish he would cast her in more roles like that because I think she was pretty good in that. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, no, her this character, I just she's not right for this character. This takes somebody who's just, I don't know, like just a better actor, I guess. But, um, 
but I, I did, I, I thought, you know, I like Rain Wilson in it. Of course, he's not in it that much, but I thought he was pretty good. Uh, and Chris Hardwick was was good, and the girls in this were were good. Um, and I, I, you know, I liked a lot about this. I just felt like there. I think he has a problem with endings, and this one, I don't think he knew where to go with it. And so he he also, I think he has ideas for really you know kind of effed up scenes in his mind and and stuff that will be you know really violent and 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 brutal and stuff like that but then doesn't know how to set them up well but anyway i did like i do like this movie don't love it but i do like it um same here so part two was the devil's devil's rejects Rejects 2005 which i this one is of course picks up directly it picks up the next day, I think, right? Because the cops have are are about to break into the house, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think it picks up the next day after one thousand or House of a Thousand Corpses, and so the cops surround the place, and they all escape except for the mom, who in the first movie the mom was oh, played and, by and, Karen, and one of the brothers, one of the and, brothers, oh, and, and got the big, shot and the, killed. Oh the yeah, the tow right. truck driver brother. Right, that's right. Yeah. Um, but he was kind of a you know yeah. nothing character anyway, and but the mom uh, was played in in House of a Thousand Corpses by Karen Black, and in part two was played. I can't remember who the the actor actress Leslie was who played Esther Easterbrook as okay. Mother Firefly. Yeah, and didn't have a huge part, but of course Sid Haig is back. Uh, oh, William brother is back. Oh, William Forsythe. Well, yeah, in it as uh, Sheriff Wydell. He's great oh in this. Oh, my God, I can't stand William Forsythe in anything. Why? I'm just not a fan. What's wrong with him? He's, he's a good he's, actor. He, he's, he does that, um, like, everything that he says is so cool, and I'm just going to stare off into space afterwards so you can sit there and let it absorb into you. That's because he is cool. <laughs> he's, he's, I like him. I like William Forsythe. Yeah. Um, and then... So it it but then the the problem with with both this one and the third one are that is that we're supposed to really care about these characters but they're so heinous these people that I don't care about them like I don't I who are you rooting for the you know they're like uh you know assaulting this this these this couple or two pair of couples in a hotel room and making one of the women like strip and humiliating her and everything. But we're supposed to like root for them against the cops. I'm glad you like, said that. I, I, I have don't... a note that says, I don't like anyone in this movie. I hope they all die. <laughs> <laughs> See, and on the opposite, because this is why I really, really like this film. Uh, it's because I started to, I mean, I love what I love about this movie is it made me start caring for the killers of uh, these dysfunctional how? homicidal how, how did it how? I don't know why what it I mean I didn't I mean I didn't start caring for him I think until they uh they got captured I think it's when they were at um that pimps uh hotel and it it, it was a weird uh montage scene a little dancing and whatnot but I started to actually get involved with the characters because this is actually, no matter how horrible these people are, I started really seeing them gel as a family, I guess, you know, throughout these two films. And so when they got captured by William Forsythe 
And I, I thought it was shot kind of well where, you know, you know, they're, these, these families, no matter how horrible these people are, they are actually like, caring for, you know, their loved ones. And it got me. It, it hooked me. And I'm just like, I was like, holy shit, I'm rooting for these people, even though I hated what they were doing in the first film and the second to these these people. I, it, it just baffled my mind. I was like, you know what? Good on you, Robbie Zombie. I mean, it was just, he he did it. He did, I think, what, to me, what he wanted the whole entire audience to do. And it, it obviously, it didn't do it for you guys, but it did it for me. And I was like, I, I kind of, like, applaud him well, for that. Well, Charlie Manson had a really tight-knit family, too, but I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that's why I like the Devil's Rejects so much. I, I was like, I, I was very fascinated that Rob Zombie actually made me start rooting for them, and I think that's kind of a hard task after the heinous crimes and things they've done to um, everyone. And that one uh, scene in uh, the Devil's Rejects where he uh, uh, cuts off uh, that woman's uh, boyfriend's face and puts it on her. And then they let her go, and she's, like, just running horribly. She's, like, running, and then she gets hit by the semi. That was just horrific. That was – I thought that was a very well-shot scene. Yeah, I liked I liked. Speaking of the uh, the pimp and the brothel that they go escape to, I was thrilled to yeah. see um, Elizabeth Daly as Candy. She was, like, the top earner. <laughs> she was dotty. In Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, I'm I'll like, never, that, I'll never watch that it. That face same. looks familiar. I gotta look this up. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Dottie. Uh, I that's I right. will say that um, I like the soundtrack to this movie, but not the score, but the mm-hmm. soundtrack itself. It's like he actually, put, yeah. And I was, of course, as anal retentive as I am, every single song that came on, the very first thing I'm doing is making sure it came out before 1977, and they all did. Um, wow. I just thought it was a little too on the nose that they, the last, uh, song that they had bird. was freaking Freebird. Oh. Yeah. I hate that. I liked anthem. it. I mean, I'm not a fan of the film, but, or I mean, uh, the song, but I mean, I, I kind of liked it. It's it went on for yeah. like the Freebird. The extended remix. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean, I, I didn't mind I it. Like, I didn't oh think it went God. that long. Just die already. The, it was the entire song. Yeah. It was the entire was it, was song. Was it an entire yes, song version? Yes. Yeah. I must All have been enjoying to... this film. I didn't care. I just did not care. Oh, well, I'm and, glad you didn't because I, I didn't. I, I'm glad that we're not all three just bagging on this because I know a lot of people love Rob Zombie, so I don't want to turn turn off fans and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, it just doesn't. Oh, do big anything. shout out to Bill Bill Mosley, mostly. I... I start, I really started getting involved with Otis. I think Otis is actually a, it, it was much better developed uh, character than in the first film. Um, I started really liking him. Just watching him, I don't know. I, I will you say got... this: I do like me some Danny Trejo. Yeah, yeah Danny. Yeah, I mean he's just yeah. good in everything, and he's got what a range. Yeah, like I barely knew it was him. Yeah. He... He never plays the same part twice. <laughs> yeah, right. He's great in Heat. Come but he, on. I, I, liked, I like him in this. Um, oh, and uh, uh, one other person I want oh. to point out was Priscilla Barnes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who was Terry, Terry from Terry Three's from Company. Uh, she was in that yeah, one right. episode yeah. where there's a misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Um, yeah, and, and of course she's the one who's being humiliated and made to strip, and and uh, uh, oh, it's horrifying, uh, or not horrifying. It's just it's just got I get an icky, icky feeling. Yeah, that's when the exact word I was going to say. Is like, icky. Just icky, was, and then I mean, it's just I, and it wouldn't be so bad if there was like some sort of catharsis later. But then we're supposed to like these characters. It just doesn't work for me. I don't. I don't see how did for me. These are likable people at all, um, and especially after what they did. And there, and there's no. I mean, I get that he's consistent and he's sticking with them, and they are just killers. But I, how am I supposed to root for them? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, but, I, I don't know. I don't know how uh, Zombie did it. It made me start liking him. But I mean, it, it was it. One thing I didn't like about it was that I finally saw uh, Terry's uh, boobs because I always thought she was the hottest out of Three's Company, and it was just such a letdown that she was being tortured. And that's finally how I got to see her boobs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so. uh, and then we come to basically he decides to. After doing a couple other movies, he just, including Halloween and some others, he decides to come back to this series and does really basically the exact same movie as part two. And that that is Three from Hell, which is basically the exact same movie as part two. He just dressed it up a little bit all the way down to the scene where they go into the, they don't have Captain Spaulding, of course, because uh, or he's in it briefly at the beginning, but Sid Haig was obviously very sick. In fact, I think this is around the time that I saw him at a at a horror convention, and he didn't look good at the horror convention. But uh, but they, I, th- I saw him before this, I think. But anyway, this came out in, what, 2017, maybe? Uh, 2019. 2019? Yeah. And yeah, so I saw him, I saw him in like 2018. And he, he, he looked better than he did in this movie, but I think he was pretty He was sick. skinny. He lost. So it was kind of sad to see. Yeah. But but they replace him with a half-brother, I think, played by, I can't remember the name of the actor now. But And so he takes this part of the three from hell. And, of course, it's it's also got the brother, and it's got, and it's got uh, Baby Firefly as well, played again by Rob Zombie's wife. And... This, but it's the exact same story. I mean, they go to the house of this, of the of the prison warden. Once they escape, they go to the house of the prison warden, and it's basically the same scene as the hotel room in Devil's Rejects. They're they're basically harassing and humiliating this family, and um and you know a clown raping. shows up. Yeah, that a clown shows up. Like Clint yes, Howard. Yeah. Yeah, it made, Clint it made, Howard. I was like, why did a clown just show up? Clint Howard just as a clown just show up. Yeah, like I and don't then, even understand that. And, you know, and they harass these people, rape them, and everything, and 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 it, 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 and then then they escape and they leave, and they go to Mexico, where they go to a club. They're just basically the same. I mean, it's it's another like you know, strip joint or, or, or brothel, just like the one that they went to in, in devil's rejects. I mean, it's the same, same story. And, but instead of, of cops coming after them for the big shootout, it's drug Lord. It's a drug Lord coming after him. Who's happens to be Danny Trejo's brother, right? I think brother or son, Son, I think, uh, son, 
One, one of the two. And yeah. and so it's a, he's a drug kingpin, and he is going to exact revenge. So it's it's really the exact same plot as as Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like this. By film. the way, it's Richard Brake, B R A K E, who's Winslow Foxworth. You know, he's I can't remember his nickname. The guy that took over for Sid Haig. Oh, oh, the wolf. The wolf. Yes. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. And refresh my memory. What so. part did D Wallace play in this? She was Greta. Oh, she was the she was the prison guard. Okay. She was the the lesbian prison guard who had a crush on baby. Mm. Yeah, memorable was, performance. This film. <laughs> By yeah, the way, I kept in my yeah. notes. I kept referring to the character of Otis as Hillbilly Gandalf because his hair was just <laughs> so long. He looks more like Saruman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's basically the same thing. And and uh, I there were there wasn't much to for me to say about it what did, did you guys have anything more to say about that one it's 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 very similar to the to the previous one but uh I, and oh but, wait i mean that's but, probably good news for fans but yeah uh bow and arrow joe uh what did you think of, oh uh, yeah Drew there's Loon a bow and arrow with the, with the bow uh, yeah I, how was I, her form I didn't have any problem with it nice Ooh. speaking of which nice. um i was re-watching never hike alone um yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now if it was hike, Never Hike Alone or Never Hike Alone in never the Snow. Never Hike Alone in the Snow. Where Jason actually picks up a bow and arrow. Uh, yeah, it is the second one. It's in the snow. Because yeah. uh, it goes right through that kid's leg. Um, right. J- Jason right. Yeah. had some good form on that one. I will tell you that. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. nice. That would be, and of course, that's, that's Vince. Vince. Yeah, so when we probably, talk to him yeah. next, I'll have to compliment him on his form. So. And that's well. He learned it from the camp. Well, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's all they yeah. do at camp is just bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that is <laughs> archery talk. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Every time I now I see a movie with someone with a crossbow or a bow and arrow, I think of Joe's crossbows are cheating. Joe's gonna. Yeah. How, Joe's how not a fan of crossbows. Cheating. Right, you're just pulling a trigger. Um, There's no. It's. You still got to bring I it know, back. I know. It's so unromantic. <laughs> Anyway, by the way, Sid uh, so, died five days after this movie was released theatrically. Ah, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, Shout out to Sid, yeah, Hay. friend of the show, uh, Sid Hay, friend of the show, Sid Hay. <laughs> uh, so then comes, I believe the next, the next thing he, well, no, not next thing, but because we we just did the trilogy. So the next thing after I think Devil's Rejects that he did was a little thing called Thirty One. Actually. Lords of Salem we was the 2012, ho- 31 yeah. was 2016. But I agree. Let's oh, talk about okay. 31 first so we can end on a high note. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 31, uh, I didn't mind 31. It's not great, but it it's uh, it's it's basically a very similar setup to House of a Thousand Corpses. There's a group of people uh, riding in a van with some horrible dialogue, uh, just telling each other to F off all the time. And... And telling dirty jokes that just are not really even jokes, and then they get captured by some people that put them, I guess, in like a warehouse. And there's some kind of game. Um, maybe somebody else could explain it better, but there's some kind of game going on where people watch them see if they can survive. It's right? like the Running Man. 
Yeah, kind of like Schwarzenegger. It's yeah, kind of like The Running uh, Man. And, it's a, uh, and or what's that show that we watched last fall on Netflix? The oh, the, the Korean one, Squid Games. Games. Yeah, Squid Games. Yeah, it's a little bit like that, only more horror. Five carnival workers are kidnapped and held hostage in an abandoned hellish compound, where they are forced to participate in a violent game. The goal of which is to survive twelve hours against a gang of sadistic clowns. And I gotta uh, say, yeah, it is go. the favorite movie I have that has a Mexican Nazi midget Hitler in it. I mean, if you're looking for... <laughs> is it the same? Is it the same uh, it's from the same uh, actor. Uh, Three yes, from Hell? same actor. Oh, okay. Uh, but, you know... Oh, it is? Yeah, oh, if you're, if you're looking for a Mexican <laughs> Nazi midget Hitler, you the, you got to watch 31. Because, honestly, I don't know how he came up with that one, but, you know... No joking. I, my hat's off. That was clever. Yeah. Uh, that was. I did not yeah. see that coming. <laughs> Get that? I did not. I did not see that coming. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Oh, Jim. It's it's basically like a video <laughs> game, though, right? And each of these guys that they have to kill is like a boss. And the, they get more difficult as they go. But it's not just a gang of, of clowns. There's... Right, I, there's really only a, a couple clowns in it. No, dude, there was yeah, there was like one midget Nazi clown, and then they had but he wasn't uh, like really the a, two I mean, brothers. Yeah, yeah, he would, but he had a white. Yeah, I face. think they were all supposed to be uh, carnivalistic, some sort, sort of, of clowns. clowns. Yeah, you had the okay. two brothers with the chainsaws. I watched we I watched this during Joe's clown episode that we did last yeah. summer, so I talked about it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Brake played Doomhead, um, the Midget yeah. uh, or little person was sick head. There was also psycho head. Elizabeth Daly, of course, Dottie returned as sex head. Um, there's schizo head. I, I don't know where he comes up with these names, but uh, you know, good for him with the nomenclature. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Rob Zombie likes whatever he watched as a child. It's like if he can get that actor, I feel like he brings these people in just to work with them and probably just to have campfire stories during production and just hang out. And he's just I feel like Rob Zombie was just like living his dream with these movies, like all all these characters that he uh, grew up loving got, you know, and, and they're not, you know, famous people, but it's people I think he adored when he was younger and he was just living the dream and bring them, bringing them all together and. You know, just yeah. having a party each film. I, I mean, I feel like that's what he brought Dottie in and like D. Wallace and because D. Yeah. Wallace was in a lot of his films and, uh, you know, seeing Hague, you know, I, I know what he was a fan of like earlier on. So I, I, I just think, you know, Rob Zombie's just having a good old time and people are like seeing these movies. And so, I mean, that's what he's doing. And I, you know, but I mean. 31, I, I, I enjoyed way more than uh, Three from Hell. Oh, I have to say, um, I I liked Devil's Rejects so much that I was at uh, FYE just looking through the horror se- selection, and I saw Three from Hell, and without even seeing the film, I bought it. For $25? I bought, yeah, it's, it's 4K Ultra HD. It was a impulse buy. I'm so disappointed I bought this damn film. Oh. I'm just, I'm just going to return it. I, I mean, but I did watch, but I, but I also bought it because, you know, it, it was a hard copy and I could listen to the uh, director's commentary, Is right? Is that unopened? 
No, no, no. I opened it. Oh, okay. So you watched it on that. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, so I, I listened to the audio commentary. Rob Zombie's commentary, he sounds so bored when he's, you know, talking about these movies. And he's just like, I don't know if he was just smoking a doobie or something. He's like, yeah, so this was filmed, uh, the prison scene where the where the Manson girls, you know, were held. And and I don't know. It's I, I made a bad I never purchase. really thought of him much as like a chatty Cathy anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. But I, I, I thought, you know, then there is a part in, in 31 where one of the characters does like a slow clap, you know, and I think it was, yeah, it was the, it was the main bad guy or whatever does like a slow clap. And I was like, oh my God. I don't Um, want to spoil anything, but I was not thrilled with either of the two endings. The end of the game, uh, the end of what happens at the end of the twelve hours, and then how the movie ends. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's just well, she's walking down the the highway, and he's you know just gets you know pulls up in the car, gets out. Again, I, I, walks, I, you know, I didn't want her. to spoil anything for anybody. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, let yeah, me. Spoil I'll do it, it for now. you. <laughs> sorry. Um, and then we come to Lords of Salem, which I really liked. I thought it was a very good movie. I gave it four cuts, even. Um, oh, wow, four. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. It was the one I certainly yeah, I, liked I really the liked... best out of all of them. Yeah. It no, was I, my second favorite. I thought Sherry Moon Zombie was fantastic in it. I thought it was a good score, or a good um, good story. I liked the visuals. Uh, it was definitely a, a more visual story. Uh, than most of his. It seemed better edited. There was some really interesting imagery. Uh, I I really enjoyed the ending a lot. I loved that he went total psychedelic, crazy hell out of your mind um, sequence at the end there. I loved the ending. I know Joe didn't care for it, but it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I'm just confused Um, and filled with thousands of questions in that last 10 minutes. It's I love that. I, I love a movie that does yeah, that. I, I can, and, I, I can, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. I can appreciate what he did. It's sort of a, you know, middle finger to the audience. Like I don't have to wrap this up in a neat little bow. Like every other Hollywood movie does. Yeah. I can just freak the daylights out of you. And he does. He accomplishes well, I mean, that for 10 he, minutes. He did. It did. Does wrap up. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Kind but, of in a cheap way because they had like so a, a much newscaster yeah. or a TV reporter saying, right? It. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he it just he, he wrapped it up in a really cheap bow, and I yeah, was a like, little bit, eh. a little bit. Yeah, I I, I would have preferred it not. To I really that. did yeah. think that uh, some of the character design, like the the guys with the gray faces, the the eyes all, mm-hmm. I really like that. And honestly, what that reminded me of is uh, last night in Soho. The character design oh. that they did for the ghosts that were coming back in that one, the Edgar Wright yeah. film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I really like that. Yeah. No, and I I liked uh, I liked the witches. I thought they yeah. were really oh, they good. were great. They were fantastic. And they, I think all of them had been in some horror movies in the past. They all had, yeah. And yeah. and. Wow, actually, the main one, really the main, decent actresses. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the main you know, evil one. It was one, nice. The main evil one, she was in They Live and uh, a, a lot of, they were all Meg Foster. Stuff. Meg Foster, right. 
And yeah, she was in They Live and she was in a bunch of other stuff. But I I really I thought the cast was good. I thought Sherry Moon Zombie was the best she's ever been. Yep. And I I thought it was a cool concept. There were some really I I got the creeps a couple times even uh, when she would walk by a room and there would be this thing in the room and you wouldn't and she wouldn't see it. But yeah, it was just kind of lingering there. There were a couple shots like that that I thought this was definitely his most serious movie and. I, I thought overall his best. Now, I think there's two schools with him, and I think that the people who love Thousand, House of Thousand Corpses and you know those movies, Lords of Salem is probably their least favorite. And people who aren't big Rob Zombie fans love Lords of Salem more than maybe some of the others. Um, I, I, not 100% across the board, but I think there's a tendency there. Other than the... Sherry Moon Zombie. I I wish they had earlier um, sort of established that she had earlier uh, in like prior to the movie earlier in her history had struggled with addiction because it sort of came out mm-hmm. of left field when she was struggling mm-hmm. with it in the film. I wish they'd set that up, but I will agree. This is by far the most likable she is out of any of those movies. Mm-hmm. And it is a very interesting character. And, um, I also kind of, well, he did a decent job to, uh, creating a relationship, a dynamic with her two co-hosts, uh, one more yeah. so than the other, but, um, yeah. it was, well, the dialogue is so much better. Yeah. Cause there's yeah, like, like half the F words in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, well, and not only that, but it's, it's, it just isn't, you know, it's, it's, there's something to it. There's, there's more there's depth substance to this to movie. The, it was, yeah, there's substance yeah. to it. Yeah. And there's a calmness to this film than the other Rob Zombie films. It, it's just more relaxed. It's more yeah. just slow paced. He takes his time. It's a more he confident does, movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's like he's learning. It's it's like I think maybe Rob Zombie actually got tired of making you know the Firefly films and whatnot. He's going. I just want to go a different direction, and and this is what he did, and he does a really good job. Some of these shots in uh, the auditorium and her walking into uh, uh, room number five with the stairs, the red stairs yeah, going the up. Church They're and, yeah. gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous yeah. shots. It, it reminded me a bit of um, like Suspiria, you know, the, the, it, uh, there, there was a eyes little, wide shut. I don't know if I'd say Giallo, eyes wide, yeah, eyes, eyes, blue, eyes shut, wide yeah. shut. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. There's just, there, there's an, a Rosemary. I could see some Rosemary's baby in, in this as well. And little Polanski, I, 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 you know, I feel like he he was showing some more of it. And then there was also a lot of references to a, a, a an old silent film. I can't remember the name of it. It was a Trip to the Moon or something. Oh yeah, like the that. wallpaper and that she had yeah, behind that, her that, bed. That moon with the, with the rocket, rocket ship in its, its eyeball. Yeah, in its eye. Yeah, that's from a. It was like old, one of the first films ever yeah, made. Yeah, one I of think. the first. Yeah, and and so. Um, yeah, there was just some really cool imagery in this that an abstract kind of, um, you know, and there's hardly any kills in this. It's, it's just basically Bruce Davidson getting hit with a pan. It was great. (laughs) She even, uh, speaking of that poster of the moon with the rocket in its, uh, eye, there, there was some really interesting artwork that I'm guessing was created for this, but there was one. It was like four or five robots, like a silkscreen print that were just repeated that looked really, really cool. Like, oh, I'd put that in my house. I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. like he had an attention to detail 
that wasn't just throwing, right. you know, dirty clothes all over the floor and an unkept kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, thought I, it was, I, I, I thought it was it. really good. I love the, I love this movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd say I love it, but I, I really, really liked it. So, uh, anything else? So what do you think your favorites are? Lords of Salem. Uh, Lords yeah. of Salem. What's your order? Uh, my order is um, I'm gonna go Devil's Rejects. No, no, because Lords of Salem was so freaking different. I'm gonna go Lords of Salem, Devil's Rejects, House of Thousand Corpses, Thirty One, then Three from Hell. Joe, Lords of Salem would be first, uh, and then I'd say House of a Thousand Corpses. And then I'd say 31, and then the other two, I don't, you know, they're interchangeable. Yeah, I would say probably the same. I would say Lords of Salem, Thousand Corpses, 31, Devil's Rejects, then Three from Hell. Yeah. Do you guys want to know Brian's? Sure. Yes. So his favorite is Devil's Rejects, Lords of Salem, House of Thousand Corpses, 31, and Three from Hell. Yeah. And his favorite horror film of all time would be Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Okay. That's his favorite. Uh, I like and, that. That's a good and, one. And he says his most favorite it. horror movie would be Hereditary. Oh, his favorite horror movie? Recent. Recent horror Oh, it's, recent. Okay. Recent, okay. recent Hereditary. That's a classic. Then I'm Hereditary. sure Brian has already listened to our Hereditary episode. But for sure. those of you that skipped it or didn't were not aware of it, Matt and I, while Mark was on vacation, did a pretty deep dive in Hereditary and love yeah. that film. Yeah. Really good episode. It's a good guys. one. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Except that... your review on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And... <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. Um, I guess that wraps it up for Rob Zombie this week, and Joe is the next person to have a pick. So Joe, tell us what movie or what genre or series or whatever it is you've chosen and and maybe fill in the audience what movies they can I know make. Matt on, or uh, Mark is waiting with bated breath cuz he has no idea. So uh here it is and that's the drum roll. So what I'm picking for next episode is workplace horror. Workplace horror. Horror that takes place in the workplace. Workplace horror. So tell us about these examples. Mark is is puzzling right now. I have actually handpicked six movies, and I'm going to give you the titles, and I'm going to give you the years they came out, and the streaming services that they're available on, so we don't have another revenge issue with Mark watching the wrong film. So. Oh, I watched Revenge. That was very good. I love it. All right. Welcome aboard. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, So the first film is called Compliance. It's from 2012. It's on uh, Prime and Hulu and Tubi. Uh, The next one, one of my all-time personal favorites, The Belko Experiment from 2016. Uh, You can find that on Prime or Pluto TV. Uh, There's another one called Mayhem uh, that came out in 2017. I believe that is on Prime and Shudder. And that stars the gentleman that played Glenn from The Walking Dead. 
Oh, okay. I uh, of course the next one, a big time favorite, Cabin in the Woods from 2011, which is available on Amazon Prime. Oh, that, that is, is workplace horror. That that is workplace horror. There's Love another it. one called Intruder from 1989, which I have not seen at all, and I just reading the synopsis of it, I was very intrigued. And then the last one is called Bloodsucking Bastards from 2015. That's on Prime, Tubi, and Oh, that's it. Prime and Tubi. Intruder, what is that on? Uh, Intruder is on Prime, Shutter, and Tubi. Nice. So, those so, of you that audience. want to follow along at home, there are six movies that we are going to be watching within the next two weeks and uh, do another podcast about. Yep. So, that is our theme, Workplace Horror, uh, Joe's pick, and... Uh, again, please now that now that everything's fixed on our website, I, I feel bad because we've been telling people to go to our website and buy stuff uh, to support the show, and it hasn't been working all this time. So I feel horrible about that. So, but it does work. Yeah, to now. our audience members, if there's something else we tell you to do that is not working, please let us know, and we'll yeah, we'll fix know. it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we only knew because friend of the show Brian decided to uh, let let us know. But uh, thanks please, to Brian. Yeah. But please uh, go to www.cinescarehorror.com and uh, look for our merchandise. And uh, we have a bunch of stuff on there. Hopefully we're going to add stuff before too long. And also be on the lookout for, well, go onto YouTube and find Never Hike Alone and Never Hike Alone in the Snow. Those are two movies that uh, we are doing the sequel to, Never Hike Alone 2, and we are so proud of Cinescare producing, uh, being one of the producers of this movie, and we're very excited. It's going to be awesome. But it's going to be really those, cool. It is going to be really cool. So I might it, wear my kimono to the premiere. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Uh, I wonder where the premiere is going to be. It's going to be in the comfort of my own home, I think. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I guess that's it. So we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Madame, uh, we're about to close. Would you like a refill? Ha 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 ha! Finally, how I got to see her boobs. <laughs>